welcome to the first episode of the Irish Writers Podcast, aptly titled Episode 2. Um, I'm your host, Maura, for this evening, and in the tradition of our Writers Club, that means I'm responsible for the cake, and there is no cake. So joining me, uh, via the magic of the interwebs, are Kate. Hello. And Kathy. Hello. Um, if you want to know more about who we are, you can check out our pilot episode. We're going to start today talking about how genre shapes your writing. So, Kathy, would you like to start us off? Um, yeah, okay. Um, so, I actually don't think the genre shapes your writing at all. Um, I think your voice will always win through. So, I think that... Um, I, I think you can kind of try and write in a different voice or a different way to suit your genre. So for instance, if you're writing a crime novel, you might kind of start to write like kind of gritty and dark sort of writing. But I think eventually your voice will start coming true. And if you're a natural kind of comedy writer or you don't naturally write in kind of brooding sentences, then I think they will quickly evaporate. So I think it doesn't matter what genre you're writing in. I think your voice will be stronger. Is there any elements, though, of genre that, like, from what I'm writing, I'm, I'm hemmed into, like, I have to make it funny, right? It has to actually hit beats and be funny. So it means that I can't go too long without certain jokes. I mean, I'm also writing in a certain format, which means I have to, like, have certain ups and downs and only get a certain amount of time whereby I can faff around, you know, and play around with an idea before I have to make it move on. And so I think that writing for me writing a comedy movie um i don't i I totally take what you're saying about voice i don't think well it might affect your voice but i think your voice can come through in early like you say in early all genres but i think it does affect your writing in the bigger sense you know because it hems you in or lets you out depending on what you're doing yeah, but I think no matter what you are writing, so I think if you decided to write, I don't know, a, a very serious Oscar-winning drama, you would still, I think your writing would still be the same. You would still, like, I think you'd still explore the themes that were always interesting to you, or, you know, I think it might affect your plot, per se, but not not your writing. Okay. So the other two that I'd written down for my section were write what you know, because I think that's kind of interesting scope to discuss where you you weighed it based on reality and where you kind of departed to into fiction. And because it's one of those trite phrases, it's obviously both true and untrue. Oh, I think it's true. I I think you need to write what you know, because I think, well, do you know what? I think it the opposite. I think don't write what you have no clue about. So, you know, if you have never met prostitutes or you don't know what police talk like or, you know, if if you are not in a situation, if you have never met anybody from the underworld, don't make all your characters in the underworld. Do you know what I mean? Um, But but do you have to, like, does write what you know mean stuff you have to have experience of? Or are you allowed to go, I want to write about, you know, zombie exotic dancers? Am I, I Obviously, I can't meet any zombies, but I could meet some exotic dancers and I could do some research. Are you? Do you have to well, but you experience see, know it or can you learn know it? Yeah, and I think that, like, if you are, if you want to write about zombies, I think you need to know something about what has been written about zombies and what are, like, the accepted truths about zombies and what are <laughs> totally not true. 
Do you know what I mean? So, like, zombies are the undead. So if you're writing about zombies, you have to know that. You can't just, like, randomly remake it up again or, like, recreate it. What do you think, Kay? Yeah, I mean, there is wisdom in that you write what you know about. Like, if you study science, you'll know more about a particular area and you have a wider base and yeah you can just build your world on what you know I think that's kind of what the whoever was was giving that advice was meaning yeah but I think that you know I I think if you're writing about something and what you're saying is um kind of doesn't ring true then I think the rest of your book won't ring true. So I mean, like as a fiction writer, you're basically saying, hello, reader, here's a pack of lies that I made up. And, you know, (laughs) let's all let's all go along and see what happens. Right. And then on page two of your pack of lies, you're you know, you're making really fundamental mistakes about like, um, you know, basics in forensics or basics in like you know what the apocalypse is meant to look like it's not meant to have candy cane in it and stuff like that then you've kind of lost the reader is they they think you don't know anything about your premise and so therefore they can't have any faith in what you're talking about it's the suspension of disbelief that you betray if you're writing about what you or at least something that's ungrounded right you lose your suspension of disbelief in your reader yeah yeah well i just think that you kind of you know a person picks up a book because they expect if you say I do space travel and you're saying in this book there's going to be space travel and then in the book you've misunderstood what space travel means and you have mm-hmm. like you're not going into space you're just going down to Cork do you know the, the reader's really annoyed they're like you don't know anything about space travel don't write about space travel write about going to Cork you know about that I, yeah the readers can tell if you know what you're talking about or at least have done the research or at least have had have spent a good amount of time building up the believability of this idea that you're presenting. Yeah. Okay, but isn't there, though, always a point of departure where you go into what you don't know because you are writing fiction rather than, say, veiled autobiography and you're going into, like, what you imagine would happen or, like, you know, like, I mean, for my story, right... It's really grounded in an environment that I know very well. But the what happens is not something I've experienced or you know, or you know, I just I'm just imagining how people would react in that scenario. I think Kate's like the opposite. She's it's written in a fantasy world in which she doesn't live, but perhaps some of the things that have happened that happen in her story she might have experienced. Do you know? Like there's always a point of yeah. departure. You kind of have to extrapolate kind of from your own experience or you know when I'm when I'm thinking through the plot and and I'm just I'm seeing it kind of like a film in my head I'm there and so I'm experiencing this world and so I I don't know so it is kind of I'm writing what I know that I'm seeing if that makes sense but like but yeah it is based on the like real things that happen to you that you have experienced Mm. in order to be able to I don't know but like you do know this world so like you know this world like even your fantasy world it's based on earth like 
elements, if you know what I mean. So you can see a bit of spinach, you can see a bit of grease in it, you can see a bit, mm-hmm. you know, those sort of things. So like you do know those countries. So although it's um, like a departure from, yeah, uh, uh, but you do know about it. So it's the same as like, you know, like the Discworld books or something like that. So mm-hmm. I feel like I know the Discworld books. So yeah. if I had to write a Discworld book, Although I would never write it with Terry Pratchett's voice and I would never make it like Terry Pratchett's, but I could write it to the rules of the Discworld book. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because I know about that. So, but you think then writing what you know is about the rules like of your genre or the rules of your space. Yeah. I don't but then think what it's... about authors that really, you know, successfully break all those rules? But do they really break the rules? I don't know. I was asking <laughs> Oh, and she turns the question round. (laughs) It's again, you know, I'm thinking someone like Jasper Ford, who just throws every, you know, he rams into your suspension of disbelief and beats it up, like, you know, and yet you're still kind of like, ah, yeah, I'll go on a bit more and see what happens, you know. But it's not true. He suspends certain elements, but other elements are true. So, like, he writes um, kind of, mystery kind of books if you know what I mean like there's an investigator in it and she's investigating yeah. a certain thing and you know so he suspended this idea that books are not um, just real you know they're not just yeah, things but also they're... Wales isn't a socialist republic and cheese isn't a illicit substance but, and... but we know what socialist republics are and we know what Wales is so we can put those two things together so it's like he's bent certain rules but he is not writing about what he doesn't know. So he knows something about investigations. And that's the basis of what he's writing. I feel like your threshold of knowing is very low, Kathy. <laughs> well, I like to wing it. <laughs> I'm not a big researcher. <laughs> what you know means like you have to write what your life experience is about, you know. No, I don't think so. Because, God, they would be really boring books. <laughs> If you think about it, like if every writer was just writing about their writer's life, it'd be like, got up, had tea, wrote something, went to the loo, wrote something more, <laughs> went to bed. You know, like those books will be like... You forgot the crying bit. Yeah, you know, like kill me boring, you know. So I think you have to, I think you, well, I think when they say write what you know, I think what they mean is do your research first so if you're going to write a crime book know something about crime books if you're going to write a fantasy book know something about fantasy books if you're going to write about zombies know something about zombies that's what I think they mean know the rules yeah I, I agree with that yeah okay I, I mean I would do have always agree? thought it was a bit more about your own experience like you can't write about living in France unless you've lived in France kind of thing but I would agree with that yeah but that's not about rules of a genre that's no, an experience dictating what you can write about. But if you don't know the rules of France, you can't write about being there. Do you know what I mean? So if you don't know, for instance, that they speak French in France, or what? if they, you know, that they, I don't know what side of the road they drive on, to be honest. or the right. Know, the right, okay. Or, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know, like if you don't know anything about France, don't base your book there. Okay, but, but not knowing anything about it and experiencing living there, there's a huge gulf between those states. One is like, I lived there for a year or 20 years. And the other is, I read a book about France, you know? like that's mm-hmm. a, So long as you read gulf. it in detail and you know what it's like, <laughs> you know, if you've done a bit of research, I'm all about it. Like, for me, do you know what? It really depends on how central the thing is to your book. Yeah, so okay, if, yeah. if your book 
it you know is a French book based in France with French people talking about being in France you'd want to know something about France if and by they... know something <laughs> well, you lived know, there lived there know that France exists in theory yeah you know have some some substantial information about it whereas you know if the book happens to be based in France could be based in any European city really the French bit is not that relevant so long as you don't say something incredibly stupid about France I, I think you're okay. I I have a really good example of things that have been written that just there's an interest, high interest, but not any real knowledge about. Like, for example, films about Ireland oh, that yeah. are written in Hollywood. You know? <laughs> and I, I, having spent a number of years here, but, you know, not growing up here, even I cringe. I cringe. At some of those things and like that's not that's not all what it's like here <laughs> it's kind of this fantasy um this like outsiders yeah, fantasy of what but yeah i mean that's an example i mean anybody who has actually spent time in a place or who kn- actually knows more about whatever the genre is that the book or the film is about is i mean you've lost them yeah i think i think it's about building up your level of belief and trust you know Mm -hmm. so like if you want the reader to believe that you have written a police officer for instance then they need to sound like a police officer you need to know what a police officer should sound like and therefore you should only write that police officer if you know what one sounds like if you know something about them yeah okay i don't think anyone would really dispute that i think the kind of territory that is really kind of questioned is whether you need to have been a police officer or not and I think that there's there's some, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I think that there's always a point of departure where you go off into the unknown and you, like, because we're writing fiction, and, um, and yeah, you can research it or you can, you know, like, but I think you'll be forgiven for winging some of it. Oh, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. like, well, you see, you, yeah. It, and again, it depends on how central it is to the plot mm-hmm. or setting. I think I'm going to admit now that I know absolutely nothing about gunfire and it's part of my plot. (laughs) (laughs) But it's part, but you know, but you see, you do when you think about it, because you've seen many a movie in where they've like, you know, taken out a gun. Gunfire. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know? But that's the gunfire you're talking about because you're writing a comedy. So the gunfire that you're you're, you're talking about is action movie gunfire you know it's i skip over it it's it's a it's a tool it's a plot tool rather than anything else and skip over it and don't dwell on it um and and i think if i dwelled on it for longer than i do you would really know that i absolutely know nothing about the mechanics of what's happening there but i think that is part of my story it's not important even though it's a plot device but it's not an important part of the story because other parts of the story are grounded in reality but I think that there and there is more or less depending on films and I don't think it's a, it's really a thing that everything you write is always what you know or even should be always what you know I think that you know for imagination and storytelling at least at some point you need to tip off into the unknown and maybe you go and research and find out what you don't know but I think some of it is writing not what you know that terrible sentence. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, I actually think it, it really depends on how central this is. Because I think I think you should know something about your either your central plot or your central theme. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I read some people 
writing about things like domestic violence or you know horrible crimes and these sort of things and it's quite clear from reading it that they have never been in those situations and that they have never really personally experienced those things and when they write about it it's really clear and I just think do you know what don't write about it you don't know anything about it you 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 just you don't and and it's great that you don't know anything about it but just don't write about it just leave it alone is there is there a difference there between like is it acceptable if they go and interview people who have had that experience or read this kinds of people who have that experience is is I mean, and I think it's probably a different threshold depending on what you're doing. Um, but that that can be a way of knowing things as well. That it doesn't have yeah. to be your life, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go with that. Yeah, I, I don't think you need to personally experience it. I just think you need to know something about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So is your is your new motto right? What you know something about? My new motto is just <laughs> avoid something you don't know anything about unless you're going to do the research. And if, like me, you're very lazy, just leave it alone. <laughs> just back away. Um, okay, so will we move on to our next topic? Okay. Okay, uh, so actually, this one I really want to know because um, the truth about me is I love salacious gossip, so I actually want to know the worst piece of advice that's being given to you like that's uh, as applied to you it's the least useful or you know maybe like would push you in a completely wrong direction oh the worst writing advice that we've ever got yeah i mean tell a personal story about something someone told you i i'd be fine with that as well but i think um the purpose of the podcast is to talk about writing so basically (laughs) i'm warning my need for gossip into uh, the, t- the topic of this podcast? I don't know if I've had any really bad advice. Okay, you must have. Think- what, about, what about not using adjectives? Well, there is a writer who, who said to get rid of all adjectives. And whatever you can write can be done without adjectives. And if it needs adjectives, then you shouldn't be writing basically that's what it, the gist of it was but i i did that and realized that my story just lacked it lacked that kind of colorful artistic um i don't know it it was just like bones it was like frankenstein he's walking he's talking but he's not pretty <laughs> it's like a newspaper report or something. Generally, they don't describe yes. anything. They're just like the facts. Just give me the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. <laughs> yeah, because I remember <laughs> we were reading a book, um, the Crystal Cave. Wasn't it, wasn't that okay? Yeah. I remember you saying yeah. after that, you know, and and it's yeah. kind of that thing where you're like, well, someone else did it, you know? Exactly. She did it, and she used uses way more, far more adjectives than I do but it works for her because that's her style you know but then I thought yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try this and then added some more adjectives and it 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 completely changed the work and yeah it I mean it, it improved it so much more so yeah that advice was was did not work for me the no adjectives and do you think if you never heard that piece of advice would you would you have would your process have been the same would you've done this bare bones and then added description after or would you do you think you'd have written better from the start for you 
Well, I did kind of... I did that with one, like the first thing that I wrote, and I mean, I, I, I'm not like OD on adjectives. I'm not that kind of a writer anyway, but I think it made, well, the advice made me very self-conscious. Mm-hmm. So I'm like writing with a bit of a complex, like, oh gosh, I read, there's an L-Y word in this sentence. Oh gosh, I shouldn't be doing this. You know, whereas before I heard that advice, I think it was just, you know, a lot more free. Yeah. And then after reading Crystal Caves, I'm like, ah, people write adjectives and add adjectives in their stories all the time. And it works. So, and then we have them. Yeah. I'm not going to overuse them mm-hmm. or abuse them, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think this is a problem with um, like writing classes and things like that, where they just give out this generic advice, and you know it usually applies to a lot of people, um, but usually people don't actually really know their own weaknesses. So, you know, like the LY thing, Kate. I don't think you over describe things. I don't think you know. I, I'm reading through your stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, stop describing this. You know. I, I, I think your descriptions are quite sparse. So I don't think that advice applies to you. But I do know there are very flowery writers out there that, you know, you're like, seriously, it's just a chair. Move on. Nobody cares. You know. So like, you know, and I can understand how that advice would apply to them. Um, and that's what I find hard with writing groups is that they, 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 or writing classes, should I say, sorry, that they hand out this generic advice. And while it might be generally true, mm-hmm it's usually the people who don't need it who pick up on it. It it kind of makes your writing even worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Kathy? What's, what do you think is the worst piece of advice you've? Um, the worst is, yeah. Um, I'm pretty good at like ignoring all advice that I'm given. (laughs) It's like a special skill. (laughs) But, uh, the worst, well, the worst, well, do you know what? The most annoying piece of advice I ever got was that, to be a crime book you have to have a dead body within the first chapter and it won't be successful if you don't have a dead body right up front and I was really annoyed by that because that's not the way my crime book was written and so I was like um, I don't agree <laughs> but I, I like I actually really don't agree because I think there are kind of all sorts of crime books and I think there's plenty of very successful crime books maybe like cozy crime books those sort of things where they gently introduce you to the setting and the characters and then they like wipe out one of your favorites and Mm -hmm. you're all a flutter and you're like oh no oh no who did that why why did they do that and you know did you do it to me yeah yeah that was my favorite so um i i think in that way it's good not to have the body straight up front because Mm -hmm. it's not a procedural do you know what i mean or it's not a a a horror or it's not a like a, a you know a thriller in that way it's gentler and it's just a different type of crime book yeah so that that was really annoying because that's not how my book was written so that's why i found it most annoying (laughs) Um, and you more uh oh i see again i with the writing advice i have to separate it out from all the academic writing advice and you know rules and stuff like that and i think like i'm what's unusual about the way i write is i'm an underwriter and I know from experience of other people that most people are overwriters. So when most people have to write a 5,000 word essay, they'll write six, I'll write two and a half. And, um, and I think, um, 
you know, I uh, like then a lot of people saying like, you know, cut back down to bare bones. And I'm already bare bonesing kind of naturally. And I'm also kind of like wondering why people can't understand what I'm saying, because isn't it obvious? Because the way I write is I skip six steps that in my head make perfect sense. But someone home from the outside can't read it. So so it, would it like that? Like, I suppose in the same way with the adjectives, it would actually in- encourage one of my weaknesses as a writer would actually push it the wrong direction when actually like I, I need to push into the writing more and and spread out <laughs> what's happening into more sentences rather than less. Um, and I suppose like that took a long time for me to learn about myself. And I'm still an underwriter. Like I still write up to where I'm supposed to instead of down from. And there's probably been like two occasions in, that I've ever written over a word count and had to cut back down. And it was the worst thing. Like I couldn't figure out how to do it because I'd never had to do it before. I did consider just removing all the verbs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, um, not removing the word there. I've tried that the, before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't well, need if, it. If I hyphenate everything, does it become one <laughs> word? Um, but yeah, but I think the hardest thing, I think the most damaging kind of, and it's not really advice so much as um, when people assume it of your writing is when people think that you should have perfect first drafts and nobody will tell you you should have a perfect first draft but people will read your work and comment on it as if it should have been a perfect first draft like as writers okay we're all struggling with this the fact that we write something and it's bad or it's simple or it's whatever the first time and then we rewrite it to make it better and at some point we hope that it's good you know and and maybe we have beautiful moments like an afternoon one time where we actually wrote stuff that actually appears in its final form in the end but so rare so but there's always this notion i think in reviewing writing that people think oh it's you know it should be finished i mean they'll, they'll accept that it's not finished but they'll criticize you like it should be finished and that yeah. kind of makes you makes it harder to show your work to people makes you believe that your first draft should have been perfect when actually it's not it's you know it's yeah you know. but i actually think that people read with their own agenda which is again why i'm a bit nervous of writing classes um, and <laughs> having attended many of them <laughs> yeah yeah like i'm addicted to them i'm always at them but you know I feel sometimes that the the criticism you get back is sometimes a piece of criticism that that person has received Mm -hmm. and they're now applying it to your writing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it clearly makes no sense, you know. They're they're like, you know, know, your writing should be more grittier. And you're like, "Uh, but I'm not writing a gritty book. So why would my writing be gritty? Do you know? Yeah. Or 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 they say things like um, your facts about um, what the officers do when they arrive on the scene—they're not very accurate. And you're like, yes, but like it's because they arrive on the scene, go, holy shit, it's a body, run away! Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not yeah. what officers do. It's not a police procedural. That is not the purpose of that writing. But it's yeah. obviously mm-hmm. advice that they've gotten before. You know, yeah. or or what they're expecting—that's their agenda. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes I'm always a little bit take it with a pinch of salt when yeah. it's a, a, a non-professional person giving. I you suppose in my case, I've had experience of professional people oh. being like, "It's not perfect," and you're like, "Yeah, I know," <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I know it's not perfect. Um, so I could like it just makes you more hesitant as a writer. I think if you have that dynamic where 
you know you're going to get hammered on it and you're not given leeway to be imperfect and to you know and look I mean I'm not talking I don't mean at the end when you're going to a publisher I mean early on when it is in your first kind of and I think that's why like I would be very cautious about writing groups I mean our our one I'm not but (laughs) a reluctant member um but I know that as a group like we take things in the spirit that they're meant we take things as a work in progress we're we you know we can say like this is a fledgling idea and I really got so far but I didn't get past that I'm not sure it'll work and everyone in the group will be like all right fair enough you know (laughs) like read it in that context but I think that not everyone reads in that context and I think if you don't then and if you kind of come back and hammer someone 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 on something that they are freely admitting is is you know really um really in its nascent form like really not fleshed out um and i think that i think that i suppose it might be going beyond advice but it's like it's actually detrimental to the writing um and to your process as a writer if you're it can be it can be really hampering you know and that's so funny because my urge is like ta-da I've written something ta-da you know I, I, it's always like a knee-jerk reaction if I've written more than three words I need somebody to read it because you know it's brilliant ta-da um, so like so, I know I'm so like like a show pony but um, I yeah that would like that would kill me if somebody was like really critical of that yeah. first draft and I think maybe that's why I, it's just a bit water if it ducks back for me I, I, I take the advice that's useful and I just <laughs> ignore the advice that's not but actually this leads me on to the question I was going to ask what is yeah. the best piece of advice you've ever gotten this is not the last thing you will write oh okay <laughs> this is not the last version or this is not the last thing this is not the last thing, this is not the last <laughs> thing. As in, as you sometimes know you would write you want to put all your ideas into one thing and cram them all in together <laughs> yeah. and then you're this mire and it was genuinely, I mean, that's so stupid. I feel so stupid to say this, but it genuinely shifted my perspective being told this is not the last thing you will write. Hmm. That's okay. good. What about you, Kate? Yeah, I, I'd i say that I was reading a, a book and well, the author was saying, you know, whenever you have those kind of low moments where I don't know, your work has been criticized or, you know, somebody's read it and, I don't know, they give you just a bunch of feedback that maybe is helpful, maybe it's hurtful, I don't know. Um, but anyway, when you're you're feeling that low is maybe to take a day off and then write. Write that same kind of genre, that same kind of type of thing that was so criticized but just to keep going and yeah because because the wound what what did she say it was like the cure will like it has to fit the wound so is this like you know get like get back up on the horse do you know like when they say if you get thrown by a horse you should like get back up as soon as possible yeah so as soon as the bones have healed you know like that it's like you don't be afraid you know or, or don't be just because you maybe you have written this not very I don't know maybe it's not very good I mean hey we've all been there it might not be very good <laughs> more than once <laughs> more than, hey seven times yeah. <laughs> bad writing is better than no writing <laughs> this is true but yeah I think just for your own sake you're like 
like, yeah, I can write something that's that kind of the same genre, that same kind of thing. And here, here it is. And this one's better. And I know it's better because I've learned from this. And so it's, it helps to not get, um, yeah, stuck in that kind of like, oh, I'm afraid to do this again. Because you can't, as a writer, you can't just be stagnant. You have to keep going. And I suppose it pushes you out of your comfort zone. So, I mean, I guess human nature is if you kind of stink at something, you're like, not doing that again, you know, and just to move yeah. away. Whereas I suppose it's like, no, no, get back here. If, yeah. if you know, if you mm-hmm. can't do it now, you're going to have to try again and keep trying it until you can do it. Take yeah. it right out, Frank. What yeah. about you, Kathy? What's your... Uh... Hey, the best advice I ever got was my overuse of the word just. <laughs> so I, I cannot say a sentence without having the word just in it. I, just, you know, even like even in my professional life, just emailing you or just wanted to have a quick chat or just want to do this. You know, it, like it's my favorite word. It's like a tick. And so somebody made me basically highlight all the justs in my manuscript. And I had like hundreds like literally Amazing. hundreds of them and um made me delete them one by one basically and I, when I was reading back over it and when I was editing it back I was like oh I'll just put in the word here I just 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 it just needs to just <laughs> they were like back away <laughs> so yeah that was the best and I like I still do it now I still write emails and it's like it's almost like you know it's almost like you're apologizing for writing your email yeah, yeah. you know and it's just it's yeah. a mitigating word. It's, you it know, is. Don't mind me. I'm, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like the tap on the shoulder. You know, hi. It's a, it's a way of not owning Just what you're writing hi. as well. You know, it's a way of kind of distancing yourself from, from. So, like, one of the things, one of my big hurdles in writing ever was actually owning what I was writing. And I did a lot of, like, distancing language from, like, <laughs> you know, maybe this might be the thing I'm talking about. <laughs> But if someone thinks otherwise, like I'm, I'm actually standing ten feet away from this thing that I, I'm just mentioning, and I'm hoping that you don't criticize. And if you do, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, you know, one of those, I abandon it immediately. <laughs> like you're gonna deny own knowing it. It's like, yeah, like your friend at the club who gets turned away at the door. You're like, oh, I didn't yeah. know her anyway. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to bring it up. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I think, you know. Yeah, uh, I didn't appreciate that, Kathy. <laughs> Look, Kate, I'm sorry. Each one to our own, you know? (laughs) You said we wouldn't talk about it. (laughs) I'm so editing this out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I think just is one of those words that you, um, you know, mitigate your own kind of ownership. It's like a a small word to sort of like, we're we're just doing this and I'm just doing that. And, you know, apparently women use it all the time in work, actually. It's... I, there was a LinkedIn article about it recently of the word to, you know, omit from your vocabulary as a professional woman. Stop justing all around the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah, I think there are words like that that distance you a little bit from from what you're actually writing. So I'm. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about today is our writing update. Everyone's everyone's favorite bit yeah as we all run away (laughs) so i'll go first just to be you know fair i guess um in in the so basically the last kind of 
place I was at when I had gotten feedback from a competition and then I went on holidays and um, then I didn't open the documents for a while um, I think I was really processing the competition feedback so since since then I've actually opened the documents and read the feedback again and started um, a bit on, on it so I'm, I'm really trying to implement the feedback which I really agreed with um, and um, Kathy gave me stern talking to this week and told me I had to finish it by the end of August, which she's right, um, because, uh, God, I just don't want to. Um, <laughs> I want to set on fire and run away. Um, so I think I do. I need to just get in there. And, uh, like, the thing that's quite hard about it is I have to make um, the first section smaller. So I have to cut out some things, which seemed fine. Yeah, it does drag on and that's fine. Um, except then you come to like, oh, what do I cut out? What do I cut out without losing story? What do I cut out without losing, you know, really important things for the characters? And um, and, and at the same time, there was a request for more information about the characters. So I, I suppose like, yeah, it's, I just, I think I need to try <laughs> to do an attempt. And I'm, I am scared that this, cut will take anything that was good out of it um, and <laughs> leave me with the worst version but I, I think yeah I have to have to give it a go so that's what I've done I've started <laughs> again okay. and uh, yeah I'm going to try and do it by the end of August it's my... I'll go next uh, yeah so my story has gone through three different edits and I've just done the beta readers, so you guys are my beta readers. Thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> and now I have another critical eye who is reading it now, who happens to live with me and share my name. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, the worst that one. Was the <laughs> That's the one I'm most nervous about. But, yeah, um, yeah he, he's he's helping me, and... I think yeah he has a different a different eye and there's one one section particular that he's like you do a lot of cuz I'm writing about a tournament and there's lots of just combat sequences and he's like I don't understand the point system here I don't think you understand the point system I'm like I what you write I don't I kind of made it up as I went along <laughs> So that needs to work. It'll never stand up as an Olympic sport, Kate. <laughs> it, uh, of course it will. It will. It's the new Quidditch. It's got, totally it, going to be there. It totally is. And then and then he also got on my case for um, naming things generally, like the tournament, you know, yeah, and things okay. like that. But I just, I just throw the name in there because I just cannot be bothered with, make, with names. I mean, that is... My least favorite thing is coming up with names for things, but it seems like I have to do. I, I do have to do that. So that will be in my future, my near future. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I also got um, a, a wedge load of criticism back from Moira <laughs> this week. So I'm still a bit bitter about it, <laughs> to be honest. I'm, I'm not sorry. quite over it. Really good. <laughs> We're not. We're not friends anymore. I'm not okay with it. I was done. <laughs> we're only four things, Kathy. Whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, where I was, was I was done. 
and I was really enjoying <laughs> being done and I was looking for a developmental editor um, and I found one that I liked and she had agreed to take me on in October um, and so I was just going to like you know tinker around with a few will I put a full stop here or will I put a comma over there um, and then Maura came back with like, actually do you know what some really really good points um, she pointed out some flaws where the characters are doing things that are not true to the to the characters um, she wants me to get rid of a whole character um, which yeah. I'm not doing, I'm fighting for I'm going to make him more relevant he's staying, he's staying um, and um, she says it's not funny anymore <laughs> which, you know I just, no, that's not what I meant oh, God. <laughs> which to be honest, you know, cut to the bone you, you did a lot of plotting, you just need to go back and put the jokes in that's, that's all, that's yeah. what I meant yeah, well anyway my words against me <laughs> totally, what else would a writer do only use your words against you <laughs> Um, yeah so to be honest I, I, I think the feedback was really good um, so I, and there's a lot of points in it that I agree with so um, there's a total rewrite in my future really to be honest I don't um, think it's a total rewrite just you know like I, I just some some bits to be honest I think you've pointed out some really great flaws and I think they're like the tip of the iceberg do you know what I mean I, think, I disagree yeah. I think you have your story I really do think you've written your book, you have your plot, you you know, they're just they're just like literally four things that I don't think are huge to change. Well do you know what Kate, I'm gonna share the four things with you and oh, yes. the rest of the <laughs> world. Yeah, yeah. Um so <laughs> so the first point was um that one of the guys he gets beaten up and I I had him being given the money as um to be the scapegoat basically and Maura mm-hmm. pointed out that no criminal gang with any level of reputation would hand somebody especially yeah. the, the, the the smallest member of their team all of the money all that, the money yeah that would seem unlikely <laughs> I had to agree mm-hmm. um, the next thing she said was I did suggest though that he could take the money yes oh yes the suggestion did come with a recommendation so that's okay uh, uh, then the romance she was saying that the romance between uh, Remy and Lizzie that needs to be uh, earlier on and kind of more throughout the book because actually what started out as a crime book is actually a rom-com so the rom has to be there from start yeah it's in the name yeah yeah so um, and then the comedy yeah it's not funny apparently whatever <laughs> and um, that Jason has to go. So yeah, so you know what? Four really good points. Um, but I think that they will demand a good bit of attention. And and I think they're good so that I'm getting them before it, it got to the developmental editor because I think she would have pulled mm-hmm. in the exact same points. So I feel like she's really going to work for her money. That'll be five hundred euro, please. <laughs> yeah, no bother. I think I'll, I'll give it to you in friendship coins. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but in all, all right, honesty, I really do think you have written your book, and I think if you do a sweep through with those things in mind, it'll. No, it's not as big a piece of work as you think it is. Do you know what? I think it's just the, co- the idea of going back. I know. You want to set it on fire and run away. I understand. I really do. The same, I would know? rather eat these pages than have to read them again. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> like three so, episodes I... of this podcast, all we're going to do is set our work on fire. <laughs> uh, it'd be like the bra burnings of before, you know, it'd just be like page after page. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my writing update. I so I hate, hate to ask the question though, Kathy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What? How long do you think, or do you have like a a goal in mind to have this done by, or this weekend? 
I'm done. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, point. I don't think you understand how much I'm like, I'm finished with this book. It's done. It's done. Like I'm on to the next book. I'm plotting my next book. I'm, I've, I've moved on. Like this, this is like an ex-boyfriend that just keeps showing up. Do you know? So... <laughs> I think we all feel like that. I mean, I feel like that in mine as well. Yeah. I'm bored now. Shut up. I don't care. Yeah. Like I ditched you. Move well, away. Yeah. It's time for you to leave. It does bring up another question though. Like, when do you, when is enough enough? You know, when do you move on? Probably just, just before you set it on fire. That's the time to walk away. Just before? Or... Before you okay. set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I, I I haven't yeah I think until somebody either accepts it and you're like becoming published awesome then you know leave it alone it's great um, or until you can make it no better when they're tweaking little things but they're not making big changes then I think you know what it's not going to get any better it was your first attempt move on mm. yeah yeah, I, I do think that, like, before, just when I entered the competition, I actually submitted it maybe two weeks before I had to. And I just, I just knew I couldn't, you know, if I looked at it for another hundred years, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to make it one word better, you know, because I was yeah. just spent. And I suppose, like, getting the feedback, and we go, oh, that's what I can do. And I suppose I was positive about it for about a week. And now I'm like, oh, oh God, this again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, you do get to that point. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, I've moved on. I, I'm on to my next book. So this one needs to wrap up pretty yeah. quick. All right. Yeah. Well, well done. Thanks for listening. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or check out more episodes and other information on irishwriterspodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at irishwriterspod. You can follow Kathy on Twitter at Kathy C. Clark and me at Bro. You can also email us on irishwriterspodcast at gmail.com. Music today was by Gavin Mulhall, and we'll see you next time.